Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Help! I suck at dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to an all-new episode of Help! I Suck at Dating. This is Dean Ungler guest hosting this episode with the lovely star of Help I Suck at Dating, Jared Haben, ladies and gentlemen, who, might I just uh, give Jared a quick silent round of applause real quick, got his signs up on Audrey's today, per Instagram at least. Uh, That's right. No, they're up. They're up and good to go. Dude, it was cool. So anyway, for anybody who doesn't follow me on Instagram, which if you listen to this podcast and you don't follow me, it's totally cool, but like you can also follow me because it really helps me out. Uh, I'm opening the coffee shop Audrey's coffee house and lounge in south kingston rhode island and we got the sign up which has been you know uh, a lengthy process you know coming up with first of all the name of it and articulating it after after figuring out it was audrey's it's like okay well is it going to be audrey's cafe is it going to be audrey's coffee lounge is it going to be audrey's you know cafe and bar and so we finally came up with audrey's coffee house and lounge and then we've been working on the logo Going back and forth, figuring out the font. You man, you don't know how many fonts there are in the world until you're trying to figure out a logo. So going back and forth in that was a while, and then coming up with the rose as the apostrophe and picking out different types of roses, what it was going to look like. Finally, getting that in there, and then sending it to the sign company, and then obviously creating the sign, getting it shipped over here, and then getting it put up in place. You know, it's probably like a three or four month process, and it just. It makes it feel so much real every time I drive to, you know, the the coffee shop now. It says Audrey's Coffee House and Lounge on the outside, and it makes me very proud. So it's cool, man. I'm excited. Um, What about the inside? How's the inside coming along? It's coming along, man. Tons of furniture in there. We got a lot of equipment. I mean, I'm not saying anything that, you know, people already don't know, but there's obviously a huge issue with manufacturing right now. Cargo ships can't enter the states and everybody's behind and doesn't have product and they don't have enough people to work. And it's just 
it's pretty crazy right now. And so what usually takes a week takes, you know, five weeks now. And everybody's behind. It's not just me. So it's coming along with the equipment, furniture, and then, you know, I'm, I have electricians and plumbers and installation people coming in and out every day. I actually just left there, and then I got to go back right after this podcast. But, dude, honestly, every aspect of it so far, except for the past week, the past week's been a little overwhelming, but I love it. It's been so much fun, you know, creating this concept, figuring out what we're going to do, how we're going to sell things, how the operation is going to be run, you know, bringing generous coffee in. So having Ben being a part of it in a way, having you guys be a part of it, going to come up with, you know, drinks. I was going to ask you this too. Uh, uh, I told you, I think a couple weeks ago, but I want, you know, all of our bachelor friends to come up with some sort of quote about dating or relationships and uh, we'll have cards, you know, and it will be like, you know, a quote about love from Dean Ungler. And obviously it'll be something silly and stupid because, you know. I've already got mine. What's it going to be? It's going to be, Coffee is like dating. You got to try it all. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. At Dean Unglert. Um, <laughs> perfect. So, dude, yeah, it's been cool, man. It's been fun. Um, Kaylin asked me this yesterday. I didn't have an answer for her. She wanted to know when it uh, tentatively is going to be opening. Hopefully later this month, as long as things get into place and we're ready to rock and roll. I can't imagine that we wouldn't open by the latest early November. Because you guys want to be able to strike hot with pumpkin spice latte season among us. Oh, of course, man. We're going to have so much pumpkin and eggnog flavors and caramel and chocolate and whatever else Ashley wants. I thought it was going to be February for some reason. I don't know why, but I guess when I saw your video of the inside and I was like, oh, that's like still pretty far away from being finished. So that was about two months prior. That video I took about mm. two and a half months ago. And um, it's a lot different now. And I'm excited to show people new floors. New paint, uh, furniture's in there, more equipment. We actually had our computer system uh, installed today. And um, it's definitely scary. I'm not going to lie. What is it like building out a business as an influencer? Are you able to like partner with furniture companies to like furnish the inside of the place? I was telling Ashley this yesterday. I don't know how anybody's doing anything without an Instagram following right now. I feel so grateful and blessed and appreciative. I always have been of people that choose to follow me on social media, just as I know you are. We're like, I don't know why people follow us, but I feel incredibly lucky that they do because it helps me out so much. Even, dude, so hiring is obviously very difficult for a lot of business owners out there. Ashley has posted two things on Instagram and I've gotten like 15, 20 resumes just from that. And I've interviewed them all and they're all great and they're all excited to work there. And you know, a lot of that also comes from them being fans of the show and uh, an opportunity to work with us, but that's fine by me. And, and it's just, you know, I've been able to even post things on, on, um, like even when I post videos of like the coffee shop, people will DM me and be like, Hey, I do this. If you want anything or you need help. Mm. And like somebody reached out to Ashley when she posted something on Instagram, uh, and she's going to do, we just hired her to do a mural inside the coffee shop and she Sweet. created this beautiful beautiful um landscape and it's just and like i would never have i would never have found her had she not reached out after ashley posted that thing so it's like you know i don't even know who to reach out to and i've been so lucky that people reach out to me sometimes um yeah i that's funny that you say that i definitely agree uh Kaylin has done a great job of decorating her house as well and a lot of that has been through business partnerships that she's gotten so I mean, we're definitely one of the 
some of the lucky ones out there. Um, yeah. 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 That's what's like the starting wage for a barista. And I'm asking because I might consider applying as well. Yeah. We're going to have uh, uh, Amy Eunice on later and she talks a lot about women in transition after divorce. I want to know like if I were to transition from being a quote unquote influencer to like wanting to be a barista, what could I expect for my, uh, my pay? Well, so we are a coffee house and lounge. So you'd be a barista okay. slash bartender, which okay. totally cool. I'll cross train you. It's going to be super easy. You know, Dean, since we're friends, we go way back, you know, I'll give you, I'll start you off at like eight fifty an hour. Oh, you know? that's so generous of you. Wow. Yeah, I'll give you a really good compensation. Make sure you enjoy the job. You can't collect tips. All the tips go to me. But eight fifty an hour, I'll start you at. And we'll see how you go. Maybe we'll bump you up in three years to eight sixty. Um, for for reference, everyone that's listening to this podcast, that's a uh, three dollars below the Rhode Island minimum wage, which is eleven fifty. So I appreciate that. We're not gonna talk about that. We're fine. This is my minimum wage. This is the bachelor minimum wage. Very generous, man. The minimum wage is eleven fifty. I wait, like I know, I the the minimum wage and the and the minimum like living wage are way different. Obviously, back when we were like working those types of jobs, like hospitality or in restaurants, minimum wage back then I can't remember what it was for me in Colorado Springs, but I want to say it was like six dollars and twenty five cents. Oh yeah, man. I remember my first job at uh, Hollywood Video. I think I was making like seven bucks an hour. Yeah. Now, granted, that was, you know. Is that 15 years ago? Oh my God. Wow. 15 years that ago. Was, I just, wow. My, I just, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> Cause Isn't I was about to say though? like 10 years ago and I'm like, nope, that was 15 years ago when I got hired at that job. It definitely, it's definitely good that it keeps going up. I, I think there should be like a minimum living wage. Right. And that is definitely a lot higher than what it was when we were kids. But man, it's crazy to think that we used to work for absolute peanuts. I know. Well, we were 16, man. Like, dude, if I got 70 bucks a week, I was like, Woo, I'm rich. I'm going like, we're going out to Domino's tonight. What do we want to talk about this episode? Jared, fill us in on what we, uh, what we have in store. So, of course, we have we have two guests that are coming up. One is Amy Udis, who is a life coach. Uh, specifically, she helps uh, women um, date after divorce. She is a woman of divorce, and she has been in relationships since her divorce, long-term relationships, including pretty much jumping into a five-year relationship immediately following her divorce. So she's going to come on and talk about that. And we also have a buddy of mine coming on the podcast a little bit later. He's a cancer survivor. His name is Cody O'Connor. Now, he has an incredible story. This dude is walking literally across the country. He started back in June in New York, and he's walking all the way from New York to Los Angeles. He should be in L.A. by about Christmas time. I think he's in Kansas City right now. And he's doing it to raise money for pediatric cancer patients. So he's uh, a survivor of cancer. He wanted to give back in any way he could. And he, he uh, I forget what type of cancer he had, excuse me, but he was told at one point in his life that he was never going to walk again, which is why he came up with this walk. And he ended up defying the odds, started walking. Now he's cancer free. And he always had this idea of because the doctors told me I would never be able to walk, I want to walk across the country. And he's doing it to try to raise money for pediatric cancer families. Uh, cancer patients and their families and this dude is so inspiring i've talked to him a few times i did an instagram live with him ben is the one who actually put me in contact with him so he's going to come on a little bit later and just give us a little bit of a lowdown of his story where he's at how he's feeling i mean the dude literally is walking across the country it's insane and he's doing some great things but before we get to our two guests i do have well we have some hot topics my friend uh yeah before, before we get to the hot topics quick uh for the record it's, it was bone cancer bone cancer thank you Yes. Um, 
Well, this is an interesting segue. Talk about like, we're going to talk about Megan King and uh, connected with Cuff Owens on a dating app. First of all, do we know who Cuff Owens is? Follow up question. Do we know who Megan King is? Yeah, of course. Megan King's got, uh, she used to be, uh, or is that, am I thinking of, uh, who's Jim Edmonds' ex-wife? Yeah, Megan King. Thank you. All right, you know Jim Edmonds, right? I don't at all know. The baseball player? Jim Edmonds. He played baseball center fielder for the... Okay, why is Jim Edmonds so famous? I mean, I know he's a ball player, but like, why? Was they on a rea- Were they on a reality TV show or something? Oh, she was a housewife. Ash- so Ashley's yelling from the other room. God, she's so good at context. Mm. So Megan was a real housewife. Jim was a baseball player. He was a, dude, you remember this guy. He used to make like top 10 plays all the time. Full extension, diving plays. I think he was a center fielder for the Cardinals. But I digress. So he married a real housewife. Maybe that's why they're famous. Anyway, so Megan and Jim are divorced. And now she's dating this dude named Cuff Owens, who apparently in this article says that he is the son of President Joe Biden. Oh. Okay, they just got married. Wait, wait, wait. Cuff Owens? Joe Biden's nephew, according to people.com. Oh, okay. So he's his nephew. Okay. I, I was like, it's definitely not his son. Okay, so Cuff Owens is the nephew of President Joe Biden. Megan King just married him, and they apparently met each other's family after one week of dating, which is at the core of what we're getting at here. So apparently they met online. They connected on a dating app. They texted for a day or two, and then they spent five straight hours on the phone when they first spoke. Now, this is where it gets a little cray-cray. So by the time that call ended, their first phone call ever, after five hours, Cuff was booked and packed for a flight to St. Louis that took off in eight hours. And within a week, they were both back on the East Coast together, meeting his family and starting to plan their future together. That's crazy. So they just got married on Monday, small ceremony at, at their home. I'm curious how long they were dating before they got married. A month. They were dating a month. Man, thank God you're here, Ashley. <laughs> She's got the inside info on everything. So they were mad. So they were together for a month. Started talking about their future after eight days of knowing each other, including him booking a flight after the first phone call. And now they're married. This is going to end disastrously. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to end disastrously. You can't marry someone after that short amount of time. Apparently, I was just doing a, a quick research on him on exactnetworth.com. Cuff Owens, although his net worth is unknown, he's an attorney in Los Angeles, and he's 42 years old, and that's all I was really able to gather on him. Hey, listen, when you know, you know. It sounds like Megan King. Um, you know, I don't I don't watch these um, Real Housewives of whatever shows. Don't you lie. Uh, Kaylin, Kaylin does. And I, you know, from time to time, I'll sit down and watch for a little bit. <laughs> you sound like every guy that's ever approached us and was like, you know, I don't watch the show. My wife does. And then you start talking to them and they know everything about the show. No, 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 no. This, this is different because I know absolutely nothing. All, all I know about the show is that... Um, I, how do I, how do I say this delicately? Like oh boy. the people, the, the, the people on that show, the real housewives particularly are very eccentric and they're, they're just, they just go about living life a little bit differently than everyone else. And so the fact that she's marrying this guy after a month is, um, it's surprising, but then you take into account that she's a real housewife of whatever 
and it becomes a little bit more understandable because that's kind of exactly the type of behavior I would expect from those people on that show. They could be nice and all that kind of stuff, but they um, are nice. I've met Megan. She's extremely nice. Yeah, I just um, they just they're just they're just they live life by the beat of their own drum, you know. Yeah, it's it's just very impulsive. Cause yeah, okay, Ash, how long were Megan King and Jim Edmonds married for? Okay, so they so she was married for four or five years. They got a divorce a few years ago. I remember that was a couple years ago at least, and. I feel like Megan King would know better than anybody to not rush into anything like this because who would want to get divorced again? Uh, who knows? Who knows? I <laughs> I feel weird commenting on this type of stuff because again, like I have no real understanding of the situation, but uh it just it's like all a little a little wonky, right? Like you can't help but think something is 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 missing or misfiring because you you just don't you just don't go up and get married to someone after a month. But at the end of the day too, like on the flip side of it, I feel like if you talk to your grandparents, you, they're like, yeah, I knew the day that I met her, that she was the one I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And we got married a week later in a barn down a mile away from the house. You know, and you're like, wow, true. that's so romantic. And nowadays we're like in the moment, we're like, what? That's weird. You know, you bring up a valid point, my friend. Plus here's two guys from a bachelor franchise saying that someone shouldn't get married after a month. When we right. were on shows where you proposed to someone after knowing that after for three a and a half weeks. So although neither of us did that. So I do think that gives us a little more of a of a cushion to talk about, you know? Yeah. Even when producers ask them to. Right. Producers asked you to, and you said no, absolutely. Not. I didn't mean me, my friend. We all <laughs> saw the Us Weekly headlines last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love um it's so much fun when a little offhanded comment I make on this podcast gets run by those magazines. And then uh, people take to Twitter and Instagram and just, you know, say really mean things about me. But it is what it is. It's, this is the this is the world we signed up to live in. And uh, it really is. I guess it pays the bills. So that's all that's all that matters to me. Yeah, we put our Herbie Hancock signature on that thing a long time ago, my friend. One more hot topic before we move on. Uh, so this is an article from Bustle. It's most relationships end, but that doesn't mean they were a failure there are many benchmarks for measuring the, quote, success of a relationship. With this in mind, marriage or otherwise being together forever doesn't have to be the golden standard of what we want with someone and beat ourselves up for losing. The goal of love can just be having a nice time. It can be letting yourself feel things you haven't felt in a long time or have never felt before. This perspective isn't just to ease the pain from breakups as they happen. It is also to help make the best choices in the present moment, there is no prize for staying in a relationship longer than you really want to. Just because you're afraid to, quote, fail or don't want to confront nosy, uh, confront annoying relatives during the holidays, regardless of how things come to a close, when the goal is love for love instead of love for always, a relationship's end doesn't spell failure. Breaking up doesn't mean you wasted your time or theirs and moving in different directions doesn't necessarily lessen the beauty of the time when you were in the same place. Do you agree with that? I, I do agree with it. I think that there are certain um, like certain caveats to that type of thinking, but I would say like there's no such thing as a as a wasted moment because like every moment is a learning opportunity. Like that's kind of essentially what they're saying. It sounds like, um, and I agree with that. Like you know, you wouldn't be in your great relationship with Ashley if you didn't have all of those quote unquote failed relationships with people beforehand. And same with me with Kaylin, you know, like I've, I've definitely had a lot of, uh, 
in the moment, maybe they felt like bad relationships, but they kind of acted as learning experiences for me. And I think as long as you approach those types of things with that mentality of like, oh, yeah, that really sucked. But now I know what I don't want for the next time. You know, that's it's 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 just kind of like flipping your perspective is what it sounds like. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I never thought I, I, I never understood why people would say, oh, it was such a waste of time. I wasted three years on that person. No, you didn't. You had so many different experiences and you learn, you loved, you grew. You just lived life, people. That's what it's all about. Living life. Uh, and this is actually a good segue because we're going to talk to Amy about, you know, quote unquote, time wasted after, you know, she got divorced and. I wonder if she feels like her time was wasted at all, but that's a conversation when Amy is here. I will say though, there are, um, and I, I'm sure you would agree with this. There are certain situations like, you know, talking about like abusive situations where you're like, okay, that wasn't, that was an absolute waste. Well, yeah, that's an extreme. I mean, if you're talking about any type of physical, especially physical, but emotional abuse too, within a relationship. Yeah. That's, that's right. a whole different then, conversation. Then you're allowed to say you wasted a couple years of your life if you were with someone that was doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, a jerk. Um, but like I said, we have Amy coming up next. Uh, so before she comes on, let's take a quick break. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. 
It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. Of course, Dean, myself, and we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, She is a uh, dating health coach. Uh, Well, let me, how about this? It's Amy Udis, ladies and gentlemen. And Amy, tell us who you are. Awesome. Uh, and you got the last name right. So first of all, thank you for that. I have to I have to really thank the producers for that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, so thank you both for having me. Very nice to meet you. And I have to tell you, my 17-year-old daughter is a huge fan of you both. Nice. Um, I am a life coach. I have done some matchmaking um, in my tenure. And then also my day job is a recruiter. So just my kind of path through life right now is... Um, connecting people either, you know, with their careers or, or romantically, uh, and then talking to people about what's going on with them in their, in their lives outside of work as well. So, um, but also I'm a divorced woman. And I think that that's part of what we're talking about today. So, um, I'm here to talk about dating after, after divorce or, or a hundred percent. So drawing from your own experience, you know, how difficult was it for you and how long did it take after your divorce to start dating? Well, I started dating pretty quick and I, and I don't, I think that that is a, um, it definitely depends on the person, um, and the couple oftentimes, as you both, I'm sure can imagine once a breakup, once it's time for someone to break up, it's been dead for quite a long, a long time. So, um, it was a few months for me, uh, dipped right back into a, a very serious relationship for a few years that ended up not working out. And then, um, uh, my path has been, like this ever since. So, um, and I've been divorced for almost a decade. So what's your take on the rule there? Isn't that there that breakup rule where however many years you guys dated, that's how many months you should wait until you start dating again. What's your take on that rule? Uh, I think that you should, um, that rule should be flown out the window. Um, just fold it into like a a paper plane, toss it out. (laughs) My experience, uh, you know, I had a, a very long relationship. I was in a relationship for five years that just ended this past June. Um, and I thought that was it. I thought, okay, we're locked and loaded for life. And it's been way easier to get over than most of my other, um, major relationships. And I think it's because I know myself really well at this point. So, um, I think that the longer you live and the more you kind of understand who you are when it comes to relationships, you can kind of show up differently as time goes on. I've got a question for those types of relationships. And I, I imagine that five-year relationship, that wasn't your marriage, right? That was a separate one? Separate one, yep. So so for a relationship like that, and uh, it just, I guess, forgive my naivete because it's really all it is with this one. What, 
at what point do you start to realize that maybe this is my person? Because so I'm in my longest relationship now of two years, three months, whatever it is. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine like new information coming about in three more years where I'm like, oh, okay, wait, maybe I don't want to be with this person anymore. You know, like, I guess what what is there like what what exactly would that look like for someone in a, in a longer term relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say to start with the context of people who have already been in a marriage often have a lot of factors that I would assume you don't yet, right? Like you have your girlfriend or wife, you have Pappy, um, and you know things are kind of moving along at a certain trajectory in your life. Once you've been divorced, you put kids into the mix, you put money into the mix, you know. Um, I mean, I didn't work. When, when I was married. And so part of part of the reason I started dating quickly now, I, now I realize it is because I was like, somebody's got to help me out financially. Um, and the longer that I've, you know, been single and moved along in my career, I can date men with a different lens because I don't need that. Um, so I think that, you know, in terms of a relationship lasting that long, ultimately for me and that particular man, he never wanted to get married again. He never wanted to, you know, share space again. And for a long time, it was easy for me to ignore that. And it got to the point where it wasn't, that wasn't easy anymore. How many long-term relationships have you been in? And when I say long-term, I'll say more than a year and a half. In my, including marriage? Yes. Four. So I have friends that are in, long-term relationships and their relationship changes over time as all relationships do, but they don't know if they're as happy as they were in the beginning of the relationship. And so they question whether they want to be in the relationship. So I feel like a lot of people are like, well, you know, this is great about my relationship, but this isn't so great. And so am I just looking for something that's not there and I'm the type of person that always thinks the grass is greener on the other side and I should just accept this relationship for as it is because I'm happy or am am I missing something and should I be looking for something more? And whenever I have a conversation like that with a friend who's in a relationship right now and they don't know what to do, Mm -hmm. I feel like I never have a good answer. So what would your answer be? Another great question. Um, So I have a really good guy friend. And right when this particular five-year relationship split up, he and I went for a hike. Um, And he had been engaged to a woman and that broke up. So he's been married once, had a broken engagement. I was married once, had a broken, what I thought was going to be a lifetime partner. And by the end of our hike, he's like, you know, what, what it should be really is just uncomplicated happiness. So my advice to your friends or my own friends, if it's difficult, if it's so challenging that it, you're more upset than not, I mean, every relationship, of course, is going to come with ups and downs, with struggles, with needing to communicate through things, etc. But if it fundamentally doesn't make you happy during this one time that you're on the planet, you shouldn't be in it. And I think that that's why, unfortunately, so many marriages end in divorce. You know, I met my ex-husband at a bar in San Francisco and and we loved each other very much, but we didn't change in the same way at the same rate. And so as a result, that's not who I should be living with day over day. Over day. I shouldn't. I, I want my children to see a different model in terms of the way that they choose their partner. And I want them to be able to be authentic with whoever they are when it comes to 
meeting somebody and settling down with them. I want to I want to kind of shift gears for a second really quick, too, because you kind of mentioned this briefly and it uh, it sparked my interest. So you said that when you were married, you didn't work. And then after your divorce, of course, you had to find a way to, to be able to make ends meet for yourself. What was that process like and what kind of advice would you have for someone going through maybe a similar situation? And and one of the reasons why it really peaked, well, there's actually a couple of reasons it piqued my interest was one is because I just watched White Lotus. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but one of the characters is in a very similar situation. Very good. <laughs> um, and two is because I feel like I'm kind of in that situation with uh, the 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 way I make money now. I know I'm not going to be able to make money this way for the rest of my life. So I'm going to have to reintroduce myself into the workforce at some point. So I'm just curious to hear from you and what kind of advice you would have for you know people dealing with something similar to that. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the people that I coach currently, that's kind of the main, I'm called a wit, a woman in transition, right? And so that, that happens a lot, right? Where you just have to kind of pivot and figure out how to land on your two feet. So the first thing I did was just take whatever job I was offered. So my first two jobs were like 25 bucks an hour. It was certainly not sustainable. I live in Marin County, California, like right, you know, on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was a lot about networking and really determining what it was that I was good at. My first job was at a mortgage broker's office. And I was like, oh, I'll just be a mortgage broker. Uh-uh. Like, you're not allowed to talk. You're not supposed to. I went in and complimented someone's home. And the woman who was training me was like, you know, and I'm like, okay, th- this is not for me. I I want to chat with people, get to know people. So I think part of it was determining what I'm good at, which is connecting with other humans, and then figuring out how to make money and then taking some big swings. Like I went from, I worked at a little tech um, agency as a recruiter, then went to restoration hardware, then Dropbox. And now I'm at a venture capital firm in tech. And, you know, you, you just have to keep putting yourself out there and, and determining that you're the one that's going to be able to do the job. It's funny to, to well, not funny, but uh, I'm, I come from a recruiting background as well. So it's always interesting to hear uh, perspective from other recruiters, you know, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, Fun. I was in a, I was in tech for two years, and then I was a startup recruiter for three years before yeah. before going full time influencer. Which you know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would love to go that route at this point. But yeah, it's it's a it's a fun uh, it's a fun short term plan. But like I was saying, it's, uh, I know at some point in my life I'm going to have to transition back to something. So mm-hmm. uh, it's always it's always cool to hear perspectives of people that have had to do something similar. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I think there's so much opportunity out there right now that um, finding something that you love should be easy enough. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Amy, do you think, again, you know, we're a dating podcast, so we're just going to ask you some tough questions. <laughs> Are you ultimately happy that you got divorced? Like, cut the cord. Yes, I am. Um, it was not a road that my family would have wanted for me. Um, It was not a road that my children wanted. Uh, I don't think, of course, that Sean and I really wanted it in certain ways either, but it's best for everybody. Um, I think my kids have learned resiliency in a different way. I have a career and I wouldn't have done that. And it's been super fulfilling. Um, My ex-husband is remarried to a woman who is a personal friend of mine at this point. Like we've become friends and you know, go out to dinner, just the two of us. And to me, that's such a better payoff than being in a relationship that we knew was dead. Um, And 
we, when we were in therapy, our counselor said, you guys can hang on to this for another five, 10 years or so, but it's not, it's not going to get that much better. And I think that that's a disservice to everyone around us. You know, if it's not hell, yes, it should be no. Right. Did you ever have a time where you regretted it? Oh, My, yeah. I, the reason I'm asking this is because I want people to, who are listening to this, who are relating to your situation, because I'm sure there are people who feel like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm getting divorced and this is going to make me happy, but I'm sure that they have moments where they're doubting themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, I would argue that that's true for many of the major things that go on in our lives, but um, certainly, you know, financially it, it was frightening for a bit. Um, our daughter was really sick for a while and I wanted somebody that I could just like lay my head on their shoulder and talk it through. You know, there were times that that person wasn't there. Um, but ultimately I think like being authentic in your one life is the most important thing. What do you think the hardest part about, uh, dating again was like, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make personally for it? It's interesting that certain aspects of dating never change. Like, you know, should, is he going to call? Should I call him? What does this text mean? I'm like, I'm in my mid forties. Like what? I can't believe I'm still asking yeah. myself these kinds of questions. Um, and then the only other major adjustment recently was the fact that that relationship did end in June. And I thought, okay, like I might be a husband, <laughs> like it might be over, you know? Um, and it was really lovely over the summer. I was at a party in Tahoe and this man walked up to me and he said, you know, I met you at X event and I just found out that you and so-and-so broke up and I'm really excited about that. And oh. that was like hugely validating and also kind of a reminder to me, like I tell my friends and, and my clients, like, you don't know who's watching you. You don't know mm -hmm. if there's like a guy at the cafe or in your yoga class or what have you that is waiting for his entrance. So I had to kind of change that mindset. Watching you in like a non-creepy way, just to specify. Yes, it was not, yeah. it was, I took it, I took it as high praise. Yeah. 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 It is there's, hard there's an endearing thing about it for sure. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, so what are some of the things I, I wanted to ask you about dating as we've been talking about after your divorce? So you obviously jumped right into a long-term relationship, but did you go on any dates with other people that didn't go well? Um, I went on a couple of dates that didn't go well nothing like dramatic or upsetting, but one of the really cool things, and again, I wonder if this is because it's people who have been divorced and we live in like the same community. I think people are pretty respectful of each other's feelings. So there's a few guys that I have dated over the years who are just really good friends of mine at this point. You know, it was pretty, pretty easy at the beginning to go, this isn't going to be it, but you're a really amazing person. And so I've got these guy friends who I can like hike with and go to brunch and that kind of stuff. And new girlfriends who are married to your ex-husband. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. does your ex-husband like that? Because you said that you go on, so. <laughs> on, on, you go to dinner with his yeah. wife. So it's his wife with his ex-wife. Yeah. I think every now and then he feels a little ganged up on. She's, <laughs> she's, British and she's amazing. And she's like, Sean, you need to call Amy back, you know? And I'm sure he's like, yeah, on my own. Time. I got to say though, it's, it's so nice when, um, adults, especially with children are able to split up and have that amicable friendship still. Like for instance, yesterday I was playing golf with a buddy. I was playing with him, his mom and his stepdad. And on like the ninth hole, 
he gets a call from his stepmom that she was going to come join us. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Your stepmom and your mom are going to be hanging out. And he goes, no, dude, like they're best friends. Yeah. My stepdad and my dad are best friends. And I was like, that, like, I've never really had a, a firsthand experience with anything like that before. And I was like, that's like such a mature thing yep. to be able to like all be friends and be cordial, especially like for the kids sake and all that kind of stuff. So high praise for people that are able to do that. For totally. Sure. Yeah. It's been fun. I've been to quite a few, you know, birthday parties or events in Marin where the exes are all together. And I think people are really um, committed to creating the modern family at this point. Yeah. The modern family. That's yeah. definitely a good way to put like, it. Animosity is so old school. I know you used to work with a lot of women. Do you work with uh, men ever? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Not as many. It's, I think, um, you know, life coaching has been my side gig um, pandemic, single mom, mm -hmm. et cetera. So, um, and I think that the people are, who are most drawn to me at this point are people that are in similar situations. What kind of differences do you notice, uh, generally speaking, of course, between like the men and the women going through similar situations? Um, I would say that the men that I've worked with in general have just been a little bit more guarded, at least from the beginning. Like it takes a little while to kind of get to the nitty gritty of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Lots of talk about like, oh, I'm really overwhelmed by this work project. And it's like, no, you're not. You would not be here paying me to tell me this if that's right. what you're really overwhelmed about. So this is a fair uh, point. You know what? <laughs> men, and as a man, I can say this, we're not the sharpest tools in the shed. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I, I'm a huge fan. Okay, good. I'm glad. But I do think it just takes a, a little, a little bit to get to like what's making your, what's making you feel stuck as a man. A hundred percent. Well, Amy, I really appreciate Dean and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, but I, we know that you're doing some life coaching. Uh, is there anywhere people can find you who are listening to the podcast? I want to know more about. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, Instagram is probably the best place. I have a Calendly link, um, for an introductory call. If anybody wants, you know, to potentially have an appointment with me and that is my first name dot last name. So it's A M I E, not Y. So when you're spelling it on Instagram, A M I E dot Y U D I C E. And there are the dogs. Uh, Amy, one question too before we part ways. Yeah. Um, I know you, you do a lot of like post breakup work, but is there any like pre breakup work that you are able to help with or willing to help with or have done before where it's like, let's say someone's like maybe considering a divorce or something like that? Is there anything like that? I wouldn't feel um, like I was like, I have the educational background. I'm not a therapist. So yeah. I feel like that's a little out of my wheelhouse. I talk about it with my friends all the time, yeah. but, um, but short answer about that. No. Okay, cool. I mean, I, it's definitely, you can definitely add it to the repertoire at some point. They're like a transitionary type thing where yeah. it's like maybe kind of already agreed upon and we're just working through it. But I think you're doing great things. I think uh, obviously you're a lovely person. So anyone should take your advice, I think, and uh, run with it. So best of luck. Amy Udis, check her out on Instagram. She's going to uh, turn your life around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thanks a lot, you guys. Very yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Amy. Bye. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart.
Some amazing Black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. We have a very special guest joining us right now. From somewhere in the country, I'll let him talk about it, but it is Cody O'Connor, who is walking across the country to raise money for pediatric cancer patients. Cody, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are y'all doing? I'm doing well. So first of all, tell us a little bit about your story, why you wanted to do this walk, and where you're currently at in the country right now. Yeah, man. So uh, currently, we're just outside of Kansas City. Uh, we are approaching the border and uh, very, very much so looking forward to getting into Kansas. Uh, but 
at age 14, I came down with Ewing sarcoma, which is a form of bone cancer. Uh, it affects roughly about 400 children every single year in the United States. And uh, through my battle, I saw a couple things. One of those being how much it actually impacted my family. I'm the oldest of seven. All the attention was pulled off of them and put onto me, uh, rightfully so, but but I didn't like that. I, I felt like they still needed to be able to go to their sporting events, be with their, uh, their friends and all of that. Uh, my mom and my parents uh, both fought eviction, divorce, bankruptcy, one of where food was coming from. And seeing that stuff, I wanted to make a difference. Uh, the other thing that I noticed in my battle was at the conclusion, I was told I would never walk normally again in my life. And uh, so to kind of take control of my, my circumstances, uh, you know, we, we prayed hard, we worked hard, and now we have a 501c3 trying to fight all of the stuff that I wanted to change. And we're doing a fundraiser walking from Times Square to Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> I want to know more about this walk. Tell me about this walk. So uh, every, every, every once in a while, you'll see these big news headlines of someone walking across the country. I'm just like in my head, I, like you can't even, it's like thinking about the number of 1 billion, you know, you can't even like really conceptualize what it, what it must be like. So, so tell us about the walk so far and, and, just like kind of what that all entails, really. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a logistical nightmare, uh, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, you you really don't understand how much you love the ability to do laundry until you're with a few people that just reek, man. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, we we've already gone through like ten pairs of shoes. Uh, we uh, the the heat the the. the the assistance that we've needed from, from sponsors, from donations, uh, to, to help us get through this has been crazy. It's, um, sometimes it's hard to wrap my own head around. Uh, but honestly, you know, a normal day really consists of waking up. We probably get up between seven and eight. Uh, if we're lucky, we found a hotel room that, uh, that, that evening Drury Inn has done donated a bunch. So we've been lucky for about 40 nights so far in a row. And, uh, hopefully that continues. Um, but we found ourselves sleeping in police parking lots from time to time. Uh, so whenever we wake up shortly after that, we're, uh, we're, we're often walking and my, I have a trail car. They, they tail me and uh, they kind of carry all my stuff. So because I'm not supposed to do this, I try to keep all my backpacks and everything like that off of my body so that there's mm. less impact on my ankle it allows us to get a little farther and it's safer for my body in the long run. Um, and we, pretty much hydrate every single hour. We switch shoes probably about halfway through the day to try to avoid the wear and tear on the, on the, uh, the sole of the shoe. And, uh, honestly taking calls from the road, doing pretty much anything that you'd have to do in a normal work day and then trying to catch up on emails and when the evening comes. Uh, so it, it's a long strenuous day. It's the same thing over and over and over and again. So you have to be very, very content being in, in your own head. So it's it's kind of crazy. Can you share a little bit more about, I know, I know you said at the top of the uh, uh, of the segment that you had bone cancer when you, you were first diagnosed when you were 16, you said, right? Uh, I was 14 in 10 months. 14, okay. So can you share more about um, that diagnosis? I know maybe like less about how it affected your family because I know you touched on that already, but more like what was like the prediction for your physical like well-being after that, you know, like, and, and then what did you have to go through to kind of get back to where you are today? Yeah. It, so initially when I was diagnosed, uh, we were prescribed basically 14 cycles of chemotherapy. Uh, we weren't sure if I would need radiation in my battle. I ended up needing 25 cycles of that. And I actually went under into surgery for the whole removal of my bone, not knowing if they would be able to save one inch. That's like 
what's commonly known as like your ankle bone, like that that's on the outside, right? Uh, that inch would have been able to allow me to still play sports, walk normally, run normally, and all of that. Uh, when they had to pull that out, they had to pin all of my tendons into my tibia, my shin bone. And from there forward, it was all, it was all downhill. Hmm. Um, the prognosis was that I would never do anything like this in my life. I would never run, play sports. So those year, the year round athlete that I thought I was, who I thought my identity was, I had to redefine myself. And yeah, I, I mean, I had a few years of pity me within myself, uh, just kind of feeling lost, trapped in, um, you know, everybody always cheers for cancer patients to win the battle, but oftentimes when they, to win the war, you need more support than that, right? Mental stuff is, is everywhere and it's uh, coming more and more to light in our society. So, yeah. What do you think, um, being a cancer survivor, how has it changed you? It's humbled me a lot. Uh, it's, it's allowed me to stop and smell the roses a little bit. Life is precious. I, uh, before cancer, I had, I was very driven and and rightfully so. I mean, I was what, 14, 15 years turned 15 during my battle. So, I mean, I, I was in that whole influence of go to figure out what you want to do in the future, go to college, get your job, go, go, go. Right. And, uh, I was very much tunnel visioned when I went through cancer, I call it the greatest experience of my life because it really brought me closer to faith allow me to slow down and really see who's around me, who, who's, who, who needs help. Uh, let me extend my hand a little bit and let me smile a little bit more. Don't, don't rush through life trying to finish before, before you even start, you know? And, uh, so as of now you are, you are cancer free. I I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 Thankfully. So, so how did that, how did that ankle bone removal go? Did they, were they able to spare a little bit of it or is there still, it's all gone. So, yeah. So the whole, the whole fibula in my ankle was gone. And, uh, my initial operation, I only lost the lower half, uh, but they took it from halfway in your leg all the way out from the foot. Uh, and then they found a blood clot at one of my, uh, remission scans. And that was in the bone that was hanging there. So my whole family, about two years after I beat cancer, thought we were coming back down with cancer. And instead of trying to do a biopsy and dragging tumor cells into the body, they just immediately basically said, Hey, let's get you under the knife. Let's remove the rest of your bone because you don't need it. And uh, basically hope that it's not cancer. Turns out it was a blood clot and everyone else is all Oh my gosh, blood clot. And I'm sitting here like dancing in my room yeah, because yeah. it's because <laughs> it's not cancer. So. Totally. So I know you mentioned this uh before we started. I'm not sure if you mentioned on air yet though, but you were you're, you're currently in Kansas City. That's how far the walk is taking you so far from Times Square to Santa Monica. I just did the I just did the Google search. That's at 1,195.1 miles. So how has the ankle been holding up for those nearly twelve hundred miles so far? Yeah, uh it's surprisingly done really well. Uh, the biggest problem we've had has been my hips, uh, because Hmm. I favor one side versus the Mm, other. uh My anchor hip is my left hip. Uh, I got back to my chiropractor when I was passing through Cincinnati and he said that my hips were rotated down and separated. So that initial adjustment was uh, rather painful needed, but very, very painful. Uh, so the ankle itself is doing well. But everything else is kind of the the question mark with this right now. Do you find yourself having more physical or mental exhaustion? Oh, yeah, good question. I think physical because mentally I just end up going into this pattern of 
whether it's getting in sync with my trekking poles, so like a click clack type of thing. And no, this isn't an Under Armour ad, but you know, just keep on it. going, right? Uh, you know, you just kind of fall in a trance on the road. At least I find myself uh, not really a runner's high, more of like a hypnotism by mm. doing, right? And uh, my body, though, trying to propel uh, my hips, really fight through that. It's it's kind of like you you pray for that that numbness after there's too much pain, right? just so that you can keep taking a few more steps. So do you ever get, I know this myself whenever I'm walking somewhere, obviously I'm not walking 1200 miles anytime soon, but let's say I'm walking like a mile and I just like a quarter of the mile into it. I'm just like bored. Right. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to run. I'm just going to start jogging. Do you ever, do you ever get in that mindset where you're like, I'm just going to start sprinting like, or something like that. I don't know. And I wish I could, uh, the <laughs> doctor, uh, though he's cleared me for a lot. Um, he would frown upon that especially <laughs> yeah. during this uh you know towards the end of the day i want to sprint it out and you know to be honest my body doesn't have it in it and after yeah. like 15 miles you know it's pretty much beat anyway um but yeah no i i actually find myself playing the game like can i count how many telephone poles i passed today oh, like nice. something oh. so dumb but it's like you know you're just playing these little mind games with yourself totally. uh recently i started reading and recording like bathrooms so i can give advice on like where not to go nice right. uh yeah that's like that's your george costanza kicking in yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty yeah. much you know is there is there um <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty unfamiliar with how bone cancer works. Is there any atrophy in any of your other bones from it? Or was it uh, mostly uh, just in the ankle? It was mostly uh, just the ankle. Um, luckily, mine stayed localized. It is possible uh, that it would have spread. Um, they can't ever prove that mine was in the marrow. Hmm. Had it had been in the marrow, uh, then I probably would have had a much more of an uphill battle so i guess my main question is like you're you're like let's say like your femur on your left leg which is pretty far from your right ankle right like that bone is pretty much unaffected from from that cancer yeah i mean it pretty much yeah. that's not to say that chemo won't eventually you know have had long-term effects or anything like right. that on my body but it, yeah today it is completely unaffected. sweet that's cool i'm learning so much <laughs> appreciate it yeah everybody listening please go over to um Cody's Instagram. Uh, you can click the link in his bio. It's called championsdoovercome.org. Or you can just go to the website, www.championsdoovercome.org. Donate. You can support him in any way you can. I mean, Cody, what you're doing is incredibly inspirational. Uh, I've had the privilege of being able to talk to you sometimes as you're going on this journey. And, you know, anybody who's listening, please support him. I mean, your money is going towards cancer patients and helping them uh, with a multitude of things that they need help with. And so before you go, Cody, I do have two questions for you, but I wanted to make sure I plug that. Championsdoovercome.org. Please donate whatever you can. Help I Suck at Dating just donated as well, courtesy of Dean. Dean was Dean really wanted to donate, so we donated uh, well, some money towards help you. Help I Suck at Dating donated. Thank you. Yes. I just pressed, the, you. I just pressed the button. As a podcast... <laughs> Um, thank you thank oh my you. god of course it's the least we could do and of course it was it was i don't i don't want to take credit for it. it was definitely dean dean was like i really want to so we did it as a podcast and then i did want to ask two questions one because you're so inspirational and you inspire many many people and you do my friend i know you've had people come up to you and say that they that they are inspired by you including myself who is you who inspires you and then secondly you said you've gone through like 10 different sneakers so now we got to know What's the best sneaker out there for walking or running? <laughs> Good question. 
Uh, all right. So the first one, who inspires me? Um, man, that's, uh, well, after snooping on Dean, because Dean, I didn't know who you were until I saw this, honestly. So after snooping on your life, it's kind of the life I'm hoping to live. Nice. <laughs> Travel all the time, you know? Uh, no, so that could be a little inspiration. Um, but uh, I'm honored. Honestly, I'm honored. Man, <laughs> uh, honestly, man, my, um, my trainer, Rich, Rich Franklin, uh, he's a UFC Hall of Famer. Uh, he inspires me, kicks my ass every single day. Uh, but honestly, breaking it down to my grandma, my father, my grandpa, my mom, you know, my, the core of my family, yeah. uh, they really get me up, get me going um, because they've provided purpose in my life thus far. And to be able to give back and hopefully create something that can pay it forward year in and year out from here on in, in my life and, and help people even after my life is done uh, is would be something that is just special. Uh, so there's that non-tearjerker reply. Um, <laughs> we got sneakers. Um, you know, Ultra has done awesome with providing you with uh, shoes. So I have to say Ultra running, if you're going to do any type of marathon stuff, if you're going to do any type of walking whatever yeah they you, gotta, are you gotta be nice I, to the sponsor we get that we totally get that they uh <laughs> but but in all honesty they have a wider toe box so for my oh. foot in particular it's it's been really really nice uh they're lightweight they hold up um and i've had a couple different pairs of theirs i have one that i use for the road uh on a regular basis and then i have a trekking pair that i use that because they're waterproof so and, and i found both of them to be very very good um i have also worn a pair of Asics and Brooks. And to this point, I think that those are way too narrow for my foot. So, uh, so yeah, so no matter that they are my sponsor, I'm going with ultra. Oh, there we go. Good to know. Now I got to get a pair of ultra sneakers because I fly through. See, there you go. See, there you go. Well, Cody, thanks man for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank y'all. Y'all have a good one. Yeah. Thanks Cody. Be sure to go check out, check out his Instagram page overcomer team and be sure to donate at the link in his bio. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cody. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing Black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies. The list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash blackandunlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much. And I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners 
say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we, we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. Big thank you to Cody and, of course, Amy for joining us on this week's episode. We are going to get into one quick email before we get out of here for this week. Uh, I don't think Easton's here. I don't think Mark is here, but I'll tell you what. We got a Hannah. We got a Kendall. We got a Danielle. Do any of them want to step up and read an email for us? I can read the email. (laughs) Somebody's listening out there. Somebody's listening. I'm always listening. That's Hannah. For everyone that uh, maybe doesn't recognize the voice, she is our incredible, one of our incredible producers. But uh, thanks for stepping up, Hannah. We appreciate it. Anytime. So this email is from Zach. He says, I dated a girl for a little over a year while in college. We broke up last Christmas. However, after the breakup, we would basically hook up and act like a couple without the label of a couple. We broke up initially because I was having reservations about getting married and settling down. But upon breaking up, I found it extremely hard to let her out of my life. Fast forward to this summer, and we both decided we shouldn't talk to each other anymore. We haven't talked in about two months, but I'm finding that I'm missing her like crazy. She also told me recently that she started dating a guy who's a med student, which of course makes me think about the amazing life she'll have with the smarty pants like him. So even though I was the one to break up with her, I'm surprised at how much I miss her. I'm wondering if either of you have been in a similar situation. Oh man, Zach, I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's uh, well, I'm sorry to hear it, but at the same time too, it's like you kind of, you kind of did this to yourself, right? Like, yeah, he definitely did it to himself. But at the same time, Zach, this is what I think. I've been in situation. I've been in a situation like this before. And this is what you need to do. You just need to confess your feelings. 
And you need to tell this girl how you feel. And Zach, you need to, you know, buckle up and commit. That's my, that's my suggestion. If you truly love this girl, which you're making it sound like you do, and you miss her like crazy, then you need to commit. There's no one foot in, one foot out anymore. If you think you want to be with her, then tell her, I want to be with you. This is what I want. I want a commitment. I want to move forward. I want marriage in the future. This is what we're planning. But Zach, if you're still saying, hey, I want to be with you right now. I just don't know if I want to marry you three years from now. Then sorry, it's on you, bro. Then you need to let her go. I know that this uh, this holds a special place in your heart because it's very similar to uh, your and Ashley story. So I'll, I'll choose my words carefully here. Um, <laughs> Should I hang up now and just let you go? It might, it might, yeah, it might be a good time for that. No, uh, I just, you, you did it right. And like you said, if you're not going to commit, then don't do it at all. Um, I would say though, having been in a situation similar to what Zach is in now, it sounds like he is just, uh, jealous of her ability to move on a, her ability to find another great partner B. And now he like, maybe like his own ego is telling him that he like needs to reinsert himself back into the picture. And it, again, I know it works out and like in yours and Ashley's case, of course it did. So maybe, maybe Jared's advice is, is a lot more sound than mine, but it sounds like Zach is being a little selfish here. You know, he's saying, Oh, she's doing great. She's got all these things going for her, but now I miss her. And now I want to get her back. And now I want to reach out to her and tell her how I feel. Like to me, that just, that, on the surface, it, it sounds a little selfish. And I know what you're saying is like, if he really does mean these things, like if he really does want to settle down with her, like you did with Ashley, then it's of course, obviously worth it. But I guess, and the reason I think it's selfish is because from my experience, I've done that before. And then we've broken up, you know, not, not three months later. So it's like, you're going to pull this, this girl away from her current relationship and then kind of leave her high and dry again, three to six months later on, because that's just me projecting what I've done in the past. So that's where I'm coming from. I, I think you should just leave it alone. Let her be happy. You know, what's the old saying? Like, if you love a flower, let it grow or whatever it is. It seems like that's kind of uh, applicable to the scenario. Just kind of like be hands off. Let her do her thing. If it's meant to be, she'll come back around eventually. If it's not meant to be, maybe she won't. So no, that's kind of my take on it. Listen, I agree with you, actually. I think that if he's having doubts or if he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I want to be with her. I just don't know if I want to commit to her. Then, yeah, he's being selfish. And you're 100% right, Dean. I just think, Zach, if you need to do a little uh, self-reflecting, soul-searching, as they say, and if you think that this is the girl you could potentially marry and you want to be with her and you don't want to lose her from your life, then, of course, confess your feelings and see what happens. But if you're having any doubts of commitment, then I agree with Dean. You're being selfish, bro. And here's how every relationship, uh, every breakup goes in a relationship. Um, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before, but it's something that I've like noticed for a long time and have believed for a long time is whenever there's a breakup between a guy and a girl specifically, uh, the guy immediately is so excited. He goes out on the town, hangs out with his friends, loves being single. The girl is devastated and, uh, not to put it into like any like gender tropes or anything like that, but then fast forward, like say like three, four or five months, the guy is then devastated because he realizes he was happier with the girlfriend and single life maybe isn't as glamorous as he wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And the girl who had already grieved the relationship is now over it past it and moved on and is you know maybe dating maybe just generally happier so it's like you know 
one starts out really bummed, one starts out really happy, and then eventually they crisscross. And it sounds like that's kind of the similar situation here where Zach, you know, broke up with her, really liked being single. Now with the advantage of perspective is looking back and being like, oh, wait, maybe I actually don't want to be single. Maybe I want to be in the relationship. It's just, it's a tale as old as time. I've been there so many times with breakups in relationships where you get out of the relationship and you're thrilled and you're, you get to be one of the boys again. You get to go to the bars. You get to like, just kind of not have to answer to anyone, just do your thing. And then after enough time passes, you're just like, oh, wait, actually, no, I kind of miss being in the relationship. So yeah, th- that's kind of, th- that's kind of why I'm a little more critical of Zach, because it, it reminds me of me. It reminds me of like my college days or like my F boy days, if you will. Yeah, no, we need your criticism team because I'm usually wrong. And, and like, I need someone to just, you know, tell me how it actually is. I'm naive. You're realistic. You like to look at life through rose, rose colored glasses. Yeah. And, rainbows uh, and unicorns, baby. I'm curious to get, uh, Hannah, what's your perspective on this? My perspective. Okay. Let's see. Well, I think if he ended it, that's kind of his fault. And if he really right. is missing her, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing for him to say that and reach out to her, but if she wants nothing to do with it, I mean, he kind of has to let her be. He was the one who wanted to end it. I think what Hannah is saying is, I agree with you. He needs to do what Dean did. Yeah. Which is like, you go back and you say, I'm here for you. I want this. I want to commit. I want to try. And if she says, hey, listen, I've already moved on, then like Hannah said, so be it. But I think, Dean, what you did was perfect because, yeah, you you know, you, you ended things just like, listen, I ended things with Ashley and then... Dean, you were like, hey, listen, I'm an idiot. I made a mistake, which we all do. And I want to try to correct that mistake. And so instead of going down to paradise and being like, well, you know, kind of like as much as I love Kendall so much, and I I do, I love Kendall. I just wish that she went down and was a little bit more assertive like you were. So I think Zach needs to be assertive if, if, and only if he's going to commit and really pursue a long-term relationship with her. You want to know what's funny is, I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, I totally forgot that mine and Kaylin's relationship started very similar to how yours and Ashley's did. And a lot of, well, not similar, but there's a lot of parallels, right? And so I guess maybe I am kind of on your side when it comes to that kind of thing too. (laughs) We were just like, our timeline is much, much shorter than yours and Ashley. So I always kind of disconnect the two, but you're right. They were, they were basically one and the same in a lot of ways. So more condensed version. I agree. I agree. Just go out there, tell her how you feel. Um, At that point, once it's out there, just like, once the information is out there, that's all you can do, right? And that's kind of what everyone seems to agree about. Once you like say your piece and then let her kind of make her decision from there. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Help Us Look at Dating. Big thank you to Amy Udis for joining us, the life coach. Check her out on Instagram. Of course, it's spelled A-M-I-E. I don't know why I said of course, but we mentioned it before. It's spelled a little differently. If you're looking up her, uh, her up on Instagram, Cody O'Connor, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Of course, go to www.championsdoovercome.org. He is walking across the country, as you heard his story, cancer survivor, raising money for pediatric cancer patients. Like, this dude is an incredibly human being, and he really could use his support. So once again, if you just go to his Instagram, Cody O'Connor, you can check out Champions Do Overcome. It's the link in his bio, and just donate anything you can. Thanks to Zach for the email. We appreciate it. And as much as we gave you some crap, uh, we really do wish the best for you, buddy. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And I think that's going to do it, Dini. Uh, what's going to happen next week, Jared? Well, hopefully we all just suck a little less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions.